Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erios production. Would I kill my own baby to save a village? Would I go back in time and kill Hitler? Would I take the promotion at work with strings attached? Would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it meant I didn't have to go to school? Would I have Satan's child? Maria and I'm Amanda and this is the big the one. big ones each week we did oh sorry we should have said that together and this we is did the big say it ones. together well not really okay start over hi everyone I'm Maria and I'm Amanda and this is the big, the ones. big ones each week we discuss new ethical questions ranging from historical decisions to relationship problems to brain busting moral choices The questions can be complicated to discuss, but they're always fun to talk about because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will you like what you see? John John Tenney. Tenney. Hey, gang. (laughs) So you guys know John because John is at the forefront of all things paranormal, ufology, ufologist, paranormalologist. Um he's he he's just a he's a big guy he's been on web crawlers and you're about to start your own podcast isn't that right john yeah i haven't done a podcast since 2011 so i'm going to start a new one next year which is basically just me and my best friend talking to each other on the phone that's fine. and complaining about uh everyday life she's a single woman i'm a single man and uh it's basically she's just going to talk about her dog for 30 minutes and i'm going to tell her she's insane <laughs> well, that's what that's what people like. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what we do. I'm excited to be on with the Ghost Girls. Hey, it's so nice when people in the paranormal world appreciate Ghost Girls because um, I don't know. It seems like maybe we touched a nerve. Ooh, it was. It, it, you did. It was a good show. It was super funny, and I loved it. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you guys even know this, but I sent one of my ghost books to Amanda. You have Amanda somewhere, a John Tenney book. I sent it to uh, Matt during when they were doing Pistol Shrimps. <gasps> I think this is sounding familiar. I have to go dig through it. What drawer. if it came floating in? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we had known you back then, we would have brought you on to Ghost Girls as a consultant, a yes. paranormal consultant. Although we may not have because it really didn't matter to us. It did we matter, Maria, right. to you most of all because you were the strictest about we had to write out a list of these ghost rules. I that was we just adamant and Amanda and Jeremy were like, we don't need those. And then later in the edit, when we were editing. I was like, but why can they see him? This is why the ghost rules matter. <laughs> because we need to know if if what the rules are here. I want to hear these ghost rules. Oh God, I wish I could dig them up. I'm going to have to go I through my old emails. Them. We do have I them, but have I know them. one of them was like ghosts. So okay, obviously, like a ghost when they try to like if I'm a ghost and I'm trying to pick up this microphone, it's like it's going through my hand. I'm like swish swish swish. I can't get it. But if I get this was in our minds, if the ghost gets angry enough, the mm-hmm. rage makes their hand manifest and they could pick up the microphone. Oh, yep. that's a good rule. Yeah. Is that accurate, the- John? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's as accurate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as accurate as any craziness that paranormal researchers come up with. One of my big questions has always been, like, people always see women in white dresses mm-hmm. and people in Civil War uniforms and stuff like that. So my question is, like, that has to take extra energy to manifest their clothes, right? So. If they're wearing clothes, though, they would be wearing like socks and underwear, which we don't see, but it would be nonsensical for them to wear clothes and not put on underwear and socks. So like are ghosts wearing underwear? Are they like expending extra energy to make themselves feel like they're wearing clothes, even though we don't see them? These are great questions. And I smell (laughs) I smell a new product line. Ghost Ghost underwear. Ghost underwear. Ghost undies. 
<laughs> we'll sponsor they can sponsor the podcast yeah i don't know i would say they're not because i would say they're not i think underwear. that i think that when you see ghosts i don't think you see them in um, like i don't think they're in front of you the most commonly seen ghosts are like people will say oh i saw my grandma she was wearing her favorite hat or i saw my grandpa he was wearing his fishing boots like that type of stuff yeah and nothing think, else yeah, well, right. <laughs> if that was what Grandpa was, <laughs> he was wearing one of his fishing boots. It was one, just naked. one, and not on his foot. But I think <laughs> <laughs> very red hot chili peppers. <laughs> I think that the ghosts are probably doing something that's kind of more intimate, which is I think that they're triggering visuals like hallucinations of themselves. So like your grandpa's spirit looks around in your head and says, oh, that's when I looked really good. I'll make them remember me. And then they flip a little switch and then you see grandpa and he was wearing the clothes he always wore in grandma. So it's essentially like they're coming in in their signature look. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> okay, so Amanda, what would you come in as? If you were a ghost of Amanda, what would I be seeing you as? Honestly, it would probably be me in my silk robe. No, it wouldn't, girl. I've never seen you in that ever. If you came in in your silk robe, I'd go, who's that? Um, God, maybe it would be me in like, oh, what do I, I don't know, Maria, what do I wear? Like some little high-waisted jeans and tennis shoes? <laughs> yeah, it would be something along those lines. Yeah, like a high-waisted jean, like something made well. You'd be head to toe and made well. No, I'm trying to shop ethically now. So in the afterlife, I no longer support fast fashion. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be I come into my in my wedding dress. I'd be in a big hoodie. Yeah, you'd be in your dad's sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, don't, am I remembering correctly? Didn't you used to play the part of a princess? Yes, that's right. I was Cinderella and a couple other princesses at Disneyland. So maybe I would dig out my old Cinderella costume. <laughs> wow. But you didn't own those. No, but I have it in my will that I am to be buried in the Princess Aurora pink <laughs> gown. <laughs> so, I hope that can happen. So, John, let's get into it. What... Do you have any little moral dilemmas that you need help with? Uh, so, yes. Um, this popped up the other day. Actually, I was discussing it with my best friend on the phone. Um, I have been... The only thing that I've been having delivered to my house is pizza. So... Great. Every time that pizza gets delivered, I tip really well on it. Just because I'm like, these people are like going above and beyond. Like they are going to crazy houses and who knows what they're doing. So yeah, yeah. I always tip really well and they like, they're great. So my friend called me the other day and was like, I went to pick up a pizza from our place. And instead of having it delivered and I walked in and no one in there is masked and <gasps> like no one in there is like gloved. She's like, we can't go to that pizza place anymore. And now I'm like in this dilemma of like, I've been tipping them really well. Like we've, I've actually talked to the manager on the phone a couple of times and he's like, thanked me for like treating his drivers nice. But now like, I can't go back to this place if they're not right. I mean, it's just, if you're not comfortable, no. And like, they should absolutely be wearing their masks. I wonder if it's just because no one really comes in there. They're just kind of like, do they have masks that were like pulled down under their chin or they just no, they weren't wearing. Okay. So then who knows what else they're getting up to if they're not (laughs) pretending to wear masks. Yeah. It shows their wild cards. It shows that they, they have no, they can't even comprehend another human life mattering. And so, you know, what are they doing? Right. Because when they deliver, when they deliver my pizza, they're wearing masks. Like, and they even like have the option to like leave it on your front porch so you don't have to do interaction. So I've never even thought beyond like what's going on in the place. Cause I thought if they're taking such good care outside, maybe they're doing that inside. Right. But now, but now it's like, I've got insight into the inside and they are just not, they don't it's give free up. For all. It's 2018 yeah. in there. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> they're living it up like a 2018. I will say, I still think the chance of transmission is probably relatively low just because now we know you don't get it as much through surfaces. Um, but it is still alarming that they're just willy nilly. I went um to this little hole in the wall restaurant to pick up some Mexican food and I walked in 
And, and I, you know, I totally get it. It's hard to wear a mask for like, you know, 10 hours straight or however long these people were working. But there were just like two women in there. No one else was in there. They had their mask pulled under their chin and they were just stirring this big pot of like pozole. <laughs> and I did. I was like, oh, da-, you know, it is just like, oh, d- damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you can't look. Yes, I think they're probably thinking while we're in the kitchen, you know, and no one can see us and it's not going to affect anyone. We won't wear our masks. And then when we deliver, we can put on our masks. We can show them that we're doing our part. But if you don't feel comfortable, you've already given them enough business and enough tips and everything, I, you know. I also feel like, too, because I live with my parents, like they're both health compromised. So yes. it's like I'm, I've spent the like in I mean, I went on lockdown early in Michigan. They locked us down pretty early. And. I feel like I've done a really good job of keeping everything at keeping all of that at bay. And so now, like when I get like even a snippet look at like, ooh, maybe this is one way for it to sneak in. Like I get really I feel nervous about it. It's so anxiety inducing. And now do you have another pizza place in your area, like another good pizza place? No, not really. Okay, it's time to move on to some other (laughs) form of food. What about Thai? What about a Thai food? I have a great Thai. I have a great Chinese place. I have a great Mexican place. I have a great Middle Eastern place. Like all of my places are perfect, but this my one pizza place now is just terrible. There's one other pizza place, but three years ago I was eating a piece of their pizza. No, don't tell me what is it. I don't want to know, but tell me. I like felt a little cut on the inside of my mouth. Ah, Razor blades. No. And there was, I literally took out, (laughs) I literally took out like a inch piece long of jagged glass. Okay. And I called them up and I was like, there's a huge chunk of glass in my pizza. And the manager got on the phone and the manager, this is why I don't go to this pizza place anymore. It's the only other pizza place. The manager says, Oh, I'm so sorry. Earlier today, we broke a mixing cup into the dough and we thought we picked all the pieces up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have sued so quick. I would have been a millionaire. Oh, my! they're definitely not wearing masks. If they're not even disposing the glass dough, they are absolutely not. The glass dough. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why didn't you throw the dough away? They were like, well, it was a lot of dough and we didn't want to waste it. Yeah, you're like, well, my mouth is bleeding. <laughs> that is wild. No, you can't go to that place. You know, I'm going to say this, John. What about it's time to start making your own pizzas at home? <gasps> I am going to have to start cooking pizza again. I used to back. Uh, you did. Well, this is a yeah. sign. This is as this a, is... as a as an older single man. I am a very decent cook. Ooh. It's time to get that pizza oven. You know, maybe treat yourself to a nice pizza oven. Maybe I should do that. Yes, you should. Present. I think you deserve it. I know it's cold where you are, but they I think they have indoor ones. Am I crazy? Like No, they, they have do. Little, it's like, like electric a ones. Breville? Or Is that a I'm gonna look up I'm just gonna look up top of the line pizza oven. Even though right now, because of the weather and stuff in Michigan and the Midwest and, and middle of America, it's crock pot season. So Oh, what are you throwing in a crock pot? Oh, I'm making right now downstairs. I'm making a very delicious potato soup. Ooh, Ooh. like a creamy, like a pureed tomato soup. Oh, wow. Okay, look, you can get a Breville. You can get a Breville, (laughs) Breville smart oven. Okay, it's going to cost you about a thousand dollars. That's really expensive for pizzas. When you think about like how cheap pizzas are to order. Okay, but just think like, okay, so it's like $30 for like a large pizza, right? And mm-hmm. delivery and everything. So what's 30 into 1000 Ooh. Well, make it make it easier because, okay, I not for nothing and whatever, but so I was tipping that place $20 every time they delivered. Okay, so oh, you're $50 pizza. So to make, it, to make it easier, it's $50 a pizza. That is crazy. Okay, so and say you're getting two pizzas a week. <laughs> 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 so that's a hundred dollars so okay that's that's 10 if i was weeks. getting two pizzas if i'm getting two pizzas a week i'm spending a thousand dollars on an exercise bicycle <laughs> yeah honestly you could do the pizza oven or you could get the peloton but hold on if it's fifty dollars a week how many pizzas is that to pay off your thousand dollar 
your thousand dollar pizza oven? So that would be four. Ten. Yeah, $200 a month. 20 pizzas. That's nothing. Uh, We're definitely doing the math wrong, but it's somewhere. We're ballparking (laughs) it, okay? I'm going to put this in the chat. Are you guys guys terrible at math? I'm the worst. Uh, I could be good if I cared. (laughs) (laughs) No, girl. I don't think so. I don't think it works like that. (laughs) I'm so bad at scary. Like, I scare myself. It's like my brain doesn't quite work that way, and it just doesn't. I kind of shut off. I've told people for a long time, I think the reason that I do what I do with paranormal and supernatural stuff and the reason I'm so bad at math is because they're like polar opposites in the fact that math always has a definitive answer. And the stuff that I research is very speculative and it's just the all theoretical and there's no definitive answer. And so I'm much more comfortable like just talking about stuff that could be anything than having someone say like, Four and six is 24, and it's always going to be 24 right. forever. Yeah, it is upsetting. I mean, definitely the way I do math is very speculative. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to put this out here. I just found one at Home Depot, a superheated silver countertop pizza oven for $398. That's I mean, not bad. I think you deserve it, John, because that would, I would. Love to, you know, see some Instagram posts of all the pizzas you're making. I think that's uh, a fun idea. And you could even think- start selling it. You could, you know, who knows at the end of this, you could have your own pizza shop. Uh, well, this. OK, so that brings another question. Do yeah. you, does anyone has anyone ever tried or does there exist a 24 hour delivery pizza place? In New York, maybe. Right, Aren't anywhere those places, but a lot of those places aren't delivery. In no, LA, they're not. I think there is. I there's think there's a couple be. twenty-four hour like Pizza Huts or Domino's. Wait, Domino's is? I thought I remember nope. ordering. Domino's pizza isn't twenty-four hours. They go until two and then they stop. But it's like, how is that not a thing? How are there not thousands upon thousands of twenty-four hour pizza places across America? I mean, so like, what time of night are you wanting to order your pizzas? <laughs> Well, when things, <laughs> when things, when we were in our normal-ish old world, like after I came home from the bar at like two or three. Oh o'clock yeah, in the you're morning, having like a little yeah nightcap slice. Yeah, yeah. God, I can fall asleep. I can fall asleep with a piece of pizza on my face. Oh, what a dream! Like after coming home from a bar, like that seems like that's never going to happen again. I guess they're thinking like at 5 a.m. who's ordering the pizza or 6 a.m. You know, like you you just think like there's, you know, morning hours between like, let's just say 5 a.m. and 10 a.m. Is there going to be a lot of pizza ordering? But I mean, in Detroit, like our bars used to be used to be open in the morning because we had so many night shift workers from the automotive yeah. companies. Oh, and so like my home bar used to be open they would close at like three and then they'd reopen at six and then they'd get the guys who were coming off morning shift. And so people would just get hammered at like six o'clock in the morning and drink until noon. (laughs) That is so interesting. I think you start your own, you start making your pizzas, you get so good at it that you have to sell it. And you, it's called Midnight Pizza by John Tenney. And it's 24 hours. You have, you know, your core your core crew of two. You, you hire two fun teenagers to help you. Maria, that could be me and you. <laughs> It'd be like spooky pizza. Like it could be like paranormal pizza. Yeah, paranormal you always pizza. find. Yeah, and paranormal that's pizza. That's so good. <laughs> and then in the commercials you do, the steam can be ghosts coming out of the pizza. You know, so and fresh. Pe- you open the box and ghosts start coming out. Ghosts start coming out, and then the pizza rises up out of the box like a UFO. <gasps> yes. And there's glass in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the perfect I think that's the perfect thing to do. Well, thank you for helping me resolve my little big one. Thank you. I'm gonna have to my re- the resolution is I start my own pizza place. Easy. <laughs> well, it's Easy. you start making your own pizzas and see what happens because I have a feeling your pizzas would be pretty good. 
pretty good. And now I'm maybe in the market for a pizza oven. So isn't this a funny turn of events? But do you guys, so like Detroit pizza though is deep dish? Oh, that's oh I don't want anything to, to do with it. I don't need any, I don't need a deep dish ever. Hmm. Is that's that crazy. John hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> Click, done, out. <laughs> I can need, I need like a deep dish a slice of deep dish pizza every 12 years. <laughs> Marked on the calendar. Yeah. Yes. Well, I used to like deep dish a lot more than I do now. It's just um I'd rather have a New York, you know, uh, thin greasy pizza. Chewy, like a chewy crust. Yeah, a chewy pizza. That's I don't what want a crispy like. pizza. I want a chewy slender a Slender Man pizza. Slender Man pizza. And that's one of the pizzas you can order from Paramount. Yes. Pizza. Oh, I Sl- love it. Slender Man pizza. That's great. God, million dollar idea. Well, I hope I hope that helped. So, John, do you want to tell our listeners that they need to rate and review and join our Patreon? Uh, listeners should rate and review and join the the big ones Patreon like I did. I'm a longtime fan. I think I've been part of your Patreon for since you started Patreon, I think. Wow. Wow. And those episodes are pretty uh, haunting, aren't they? They're a little more um, raw. There's some really great episodes in there. There's some great character creations that happen in those early episodes. I think I did a comic book cover for one of them. Wow. Okay. So Maria's and then wiping her brow, she's sweating. I think it. I think in. I, I'm. If I might, I might be misremembering this, but I think there was a character created during a Mark McConville episode. Wait, are you talking about the Clowner? The Clowner, and I made I made a comic book cover for the Clowner. It's on Twitter. I remember somewhere. that. It's me, the Clowner. Oh shit! <laughs> He's here. Tis I. Um. And I'm going to tell you guys something. We haven't gotten a new review in like weeks. Yeah, what is and going on? And I think on? that's actually like wrong. I'll put the paranormal people on it. Yeah, paranormal people, do. you have to leave reviews and you have to join the Patreon for big ones. I I would I mean honestly, I was even going to like read a review right now, but I don't think we've gotten any new ones. Well, I so. think we may have one. Maybe oh. read read one. Okay, let me let me look this up and see if I can even find it. Um okay, the big ones, the big ones. Here we go. Okay, so okay, so here's one that's five stars, and it fr- comes in from like a crazy name with just a bunch of sevens in it. Uh, funny is the title. The Big Ones is very funny and charming podcast with a great roster of guests. Includes top tier Godzilla content. There you go. Well, that is very nice, and we want more of that, please. And thank you, everyone. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to do a big, big one that may fall into the paranormal world. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back. Okay, so I will say that this big one is based on a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> So it doesn't. No, those are my favorite movies. I thought there was a movie about this, but it turns out I had to combine two movies in order to craft this. And they don't. So this is basically an original big one, which we do all the time. So it's it's not that much of a departure. But I did think that this movie existed, but it does. I don't think it does. I want to know what the two movies. Tell us what the two movies Uh, after after I after I will. Okay, so you guys ready to hear this? Yes. Ready? You are a sexy San Francisco businesswoman on the go who doesn't have time for love. That is, until you meet David, a recently widowed architect. This guy's got it all. You fall madly in love with him. But there's a catch. It turns out this perfect pairing is actually a menage a trois from hell. 
The ghost of David's dead wife haunts him from the afterlife. Only he can see her, but you can sense her judgmental presence. Are you willing to participate in this spooky three-way? Or do you give up the love of your life and let him be with his corpse bride? Okay, can I guess what these two movies are? Yeah. Blythe Spirit. Oh. Which I think maybe is just... It's just Blythe Spirit. It is Blythe Spirit. That's the one I forgot because I was thinking it was like a 2000s rom-com. But you're right. It is. It's just Blythe Spirit. Essentially. But there is but there is a rom-com about that, right? Where like this woman moves into a town. I can't even remember the name of the film, but she moves into a town because she's trying to escape her ex-husband. Okay, and enough, she finds with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> and she and she finds and she finds a guy and her best friend. You find out at the end of the film, like her best friend that she had in this oh, town was you're his thinking, is okay, the ghost of his Sparks ex-wife. Movie. It's a Nicholas Sparks movie and it's called Safe Haven. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So neither of those are what I was combining. <laughs> what I was combining was um, the movie Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, which is a uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Gardner movie where he's visited by ghosts of girlfriends. That's Matthew McConaughey? Past. I thought that was Ryan Reynolds. No, mister, that is Matthew McConaughey. You're kidding. And then uh, the other movie was Just Like Heaven with Mark Ruffalo and an Reese Witherspoon. And she's haunting Mark Ruffalo. Okay, wait a minute, you guys. Safe Haven, the dead wife is Kobe Smulders. Oh, right. Wow. So we're going to have to maybe, I'm going to ask Kobe, I'm going to say, what what was, why would you haunt your ex-husband like that? When he was trying to fall in love with Julianne Huff. Oh my God, this is too much. (laughs) (laughs) This seems to be a popular topic in movies and films, kind of. It does. Yes. In certain ways. It is really a dilemma because you have to remember, like, this person, we can manipulate it in our own minds for, like, they're your perfect person. Um, And so they're great in every way except for the fact that they are haunted by their ex. And so could you live with that? I, I guess my initial reaction to that is no. Because I'm looking at it from the standpoint of I have dated people in my life who are not haunted by a ghost, but they are haunted by the memory of their past Mm -hmm. relationships. And even though I've loved them intensely and they seemed in the moment and at first meeting like they were the most perfect person for me, like those memories and the way that they thought about past relationships ended changing them into a person that I wasn't in love with anymore. Ooh, okay, interesting. Now, what if this person had was truly ready for another relationship, but this ghost, it was like this person is present and could sort of be a fulfilling partner except for this sort of like nagging Well, you'd always see their eyes dart to the side. You know, you'd be talking to them and all of a sudden you'd see them kind of look to the side. You'd be like, oh, is Jennifer here again? And it's like, well, don't worry. She's just here. And it's like, well, you know, Jennifer, if Jennifer's hearing everything, how could we ever truly be alone? Right. Yeah. I think that that is the problematic part. Like, I wouldn't have a problem if a person, if I was just like in love with someone and living in a haunted house. Like, that's a completely different deal because we both we'd both be experiencing like this phenomena and then both of us experiencing it would bring us closer together. Cause like we'd be like, Oh, that's screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> right. That would be a conjuring type love story. <laughs> but, I like that. But to, have, but to have them, <laughs> but to have them, Oh, if they did a real life rom-com of Ed and Lorraine Warren, it would be whacked out. No one ever Ooh. talks. About, no one ever talks about the fact that they had like a young woman that lived with them. That was oh, they basically did on crawlers. We talked about yeah, crawlers. Who was basically there to like help fulfill a different part of their relationship? Like that never gets talked about. Whoa. And then uh, you know, with Baby Annabelle doll, that makes four. You know, there was and the nun is five. <laughs> they had oh, a lot. Of, there were a lot of people in that relationship. But I think you're uh, Maria. I agree. Like, I think it would be like being on a date with someone, and they're constantly looking at other people in the restaurant, like, and not present on you. 
Yeah. Not because not through any fault of their own, but just because it's like plates breaking like every time and they're they're hearing it, but you're not. So uh, let me just ask this and we should do an improv because I think that will really help us. But Amanda, you're saying that only, you know, the guy can see or the girl in, you know, whatever it, it they, they can only see and hear Jennifer the ghost. Well, we could tweak it if we think it will make it more interesting. But yeah, in my mind, it was that only the guy can sort of see her um, or him. And then but maybe every once in a while, the ghost can reveal themselves and maybe they're not there all the time you know maybe it's just every once in a while they're popping in and sort of commenting and there's no way to expel this ghost to get you know some sort of priest in there to get this demon because obviously it's not a demon maria it's the (laughs) (laughs) this is the thing you're thinking that this ghost has bad intentions maybe they just haven't fulfilled their unfinished business and so I don't know. Maybe they're not out to necessarily get you or sabotage you. You know what this makes me think of? It's like it's like if your significant other, you got into a relationship and they were in like a ton of debt, you know, and then you had to spend your whole life with this person, getting this person, you know, helping them get out of debt. Because Ooh. that's what you'd be doing is trying to find what this unfinished business was for this ghost until you could get them to cross over. And, and again, though, like the debt would like cause unneeded stresses and strains yeah. and how you think about the relationship. And then once the debt is gone, like this thing that you've worked on for years and years and years, like, would you feel relief or would you be like, oh, now I got nothing to do? Right. Then you'd have to create a new problem. <laughs> this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> Like this person you love and you're happy with. It's just that part of the time, this is their one flaw that they have this other person in their life. It's almost like if you met a guy and they were great and they wanted to be with you 100%, but they were like, but I have this pen pal who lives Ew, in China. That's disgusting. And it's that's nothing physical, gross. but we're best friends or, or like I have to just like write, you know, engage with this pen pal. Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. I mean, I was going to say maybe I was starting to try and think about it like because I like I dated a woman for a long time who when I we started dating, she had a three year old. And so I was kind of thinking about it like that. But like eventually over the years, like I became an integral part of that three year old's life. So like I was in. I was invested and the three-year-old was invested as me as well. But like this ghost, like, isn't going to become invested with me. But maybe they could. Like, that's the thing. Maybe you would kind of have to accept that this is a three-person relationship, which obviously maybe none of us are comfortable with, but could you get there? And there's nothing physical. Like, it's not, they're not touching. But she's watching. She's watching. She's always watching. But you could set a boundary. Let's say she's open to boundaries of like, you know, Abigail, you can't come here, you know, when we're having date nights. Yeah. But what if your husband starts then like lying for Abigail? Because Abigail's like, but I have nowhere else to go. And she's like, can you just like, let me sit here? And then she's like, just don't tell her that I'm here and I'll be fine. And then you just know Abigail's in the room, even when you ask your husband, is Abigail here? And he's like, no, 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 seriously, trust me. I mean, I'm fine with the people I date. I mean, there are so many different levels to this. I'm fine when I date people and they have their own group of friends and they have like friends that I'm not friends with. Like, that's absolutely fine with me. The difficulty I'm having is that like this person who's a friend who might not be my friend, who may one day be my friend, like, lives with me and is yeah. has the possibility to be somewhere I go all the time when I'm with the person that I I love. And telling him jokes or telling her jo- you know like just you know they could have a full on relationship that you don't even know about cuz you can't hear it really. That would be tough. I and I think that the fact that they were in love and they were married would be too much for me. Um I think I'd have to say you have to choose one of us, but it would be really hard to let go of your dead spouse. But he can't. You're saying he can't. She's stuck to him until her unfinished business is done. But he could pursue. I don't know, John, maybe you can shed light on this, but he could probably help 
her find a way to pass over, right? Like he could maybe try to expel her. I yeah, said I mean, expel, and you said it wasn't a demon. <laughs> well, you said a demon. Well, okay, so maybe what's the word? Help her get gone. I just like transition to a, a new space, transition to where she's supposed yeah, to go. Yes, another plane. But I mean, it might be his unfinished business with her that's making her hang oh, around. Oh my God, too. this is too much. We need therapy. And then, <laughs> so, but then, like, if you do, if like she or he or whoever, like, if you, if they do start to interact with you, so like, I'm going to take this back to, the woman I dated who had the child. So we dated until that little girl was seven. So when that relationship ended, <clears throat> I was actually more invested in the child than I was with the person I was dating. Whoa, that's interesting. Because right. I knew like, oh no, like who will be the next person who will be influential in this child's life? I've tried so hard to like give her happiness and kindness and caring. Yeah. And like knowing the woman, the mother, and I was like, she's not great <laughs> at that point. Like, and so then my my worry wasn't about the end of my relationship with the woman. It was my worry about my relationship with the child. And so like, if I become friends with this ghost and now I'm like, well, I'm sick of my partner being like obsessed with this ghost or the ghost being obsessed with my partner, but I've become good friends with the ghost and now I want my partner to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could gang up on the partner. Like that would be the one good <laughs> thing about having the spouse. It's like, does he always do this? Like he, did he ever like yeah. do the dishes when you guys were together? And then the ghost is like, you know, picks up a little fork and says like, you know, wags it at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do an improv. I would like to play the ghost if that's okay. And maybe you and John are the new, new married couple. That's good. Yeah. So let's ha- say John is our, um, I'm the sexy San Francisco businesswoman. Maybe I, my name is Kate. And then John can be <laughs> David, the widowed architect. Um, yes. And so maybe we just do a situation where um, David and I are having, it's like a date night. And then the ghost sort of. Abigail pops in. And you can't hear me, but David can. Okay. Or can or do you think both of you can can hear me? I think at this point you probably get flashes of what's going on. Like so you can kind of hear it and discern what's going on. So it's almost like you hear instead of hearing like full like you're getting not only my reactions to it. So yes, you can kind of hear. Her. I think. Okay, I see. So I, I can sense that something's going on, but I'm not getting yes. the full visual. Okay. Right. Okay. And scene. This is a gorgeous dinner, David. Thank you so much. I love spaghetti. Oh, it's no problem. I'm sorry that I haven't gotten the pizza oven yet. Uh, it's been delayed. There's a lot of problems with UPS right now. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, is that true, David? Or is it maybe that you didn't order it on time? So there's just been a lot of problems with the post office lately, you know, with um, Christmas coming and uh, the, the quarantine. And... Is there something wrong, honey? You seem a little uh, distracted. No. no, not at all. Nope. I'm just uh, enjoying your company and <clears throat> really wishing that, uh, you know, I, I, I can't understand why uh, people would say that they're they're doing things and then not actually doing them you know that i do things and then yeah, if i tell you something things. hasn't, hasn't if if i've like i've ordered the pizza oven you yeah you've ordered it but it hasn't arrived that's the thing and could you please tell your new wife that her dress is hideous is she here be honest she's over there right your eyes keep darting to the mirror in the boudoir wow she's perceptive what a star. What does she Gosh, say? She really know how to pick them. By the way, I I love your dress too. She said something about my dress? What did she say about my dress? She didn't say anything about your dress. I was just trying to talk to you. Oh, David. I did say something about your dress. I said your dress was hideous and I would be caught dead in it. In fact, I'm not caught dead in it. I can't. If I can, I have to be able to give you compliments without you thinking that she is in some way tearing you apart. But why would you mention my dress out of the blue unless that little floozy... Floozy? Things are flying around. (laughs) David, make her stop. You have to stop throwing the plates around. Stop throwing the plates around. I won't. I won't. Not until you tell her that she needs to hit the road. She said that she's sorry for throwing the plates around. You're always so fearful of conflict. Why can't you just stand up to her? Was he like this when you were married? Oh, he was worse, honey. 
don't try and engage with her like that. It only gives her more power and more strength, and it makes her feel more important than she already thinks she is. Oh, this is boring me. I'm going to go sit over here on the shay. So what, so what would you like to drink tonight? Oh, I guess a large glass of gin. Here, have it, honey. Psh- oh, my eye. I've been blinded. Uh-oh, I'm bleeding out. I'm dead now. Oh, shit. And scene. This is horrible. No It's way. horrible. It's no horrible way. because there's constant lying going on. Yes. Well, but exactly. you have, this is the thing. If you were going to live in with this situation, you'd have to be open about it and just make it like we all are in this together and we have to <laughs> talk about how this is going to work because it's not going to work the way that went down with like, you know, um, Abigail being acting out like that, you know, like that is unsustainable. Yeah, but you can't you can't control how Abigail acts. Abigail's Abigail. Well, and this- you do have to think that if if David married Abigail and she's not leaving and she has some sort of unfinished business, what did David do to Abigail? Ooh. Yeah, it's true. He might have murdered her. <gasps> That's the thing. And then it's like another Rebecca situation. Are people, John, do you think that people are often haunted by their spouses? Because you think that would happen more. No, I, I feel like, so I, you know, I've done this for 30 years and I feel like familiar spirits, grandparents, spouses, loved ones, and friends, I don't feel like they haunt. I feel like they send messages. Like instead of floating around your house and tossing knives, they will create a weird synchronicity or coincidence in your life that that makes you think about them for a second. Mm -hmm. So Like, I think that's what familiar spirits do. I think that it's the ones who don't really understand who they are anymore or what happened to them anymore or are troubled by something that kind of, oh, this person can see me. I'm going to like reach out because one of the things I talk about in my lectures is like, we're all fine right now and like somewhat comfortable because we're in our houses and we can leave and go somewhere whenever we want. But if you were like in this room for 50 years by yourself, Like you wouldn't be so calm and normal and you might like really want human interaction. And so after a hundred years, you like build up the strength to touch someone and you accidentally scratch them. And then people are like, oh, there's an evil presence in the room. And it's like, no, I was just trying to say I'm here. Oh, gosh. So do you think also that there is a way, you know, um, to ensure that you could have communication with your spouse after they leave, like if they died, oh, like because no. like, I really, if I die notes. before Matt, I really, really want to um, haunt, <laughs> communicate with him. Um, I think that that it, honestly, again, I think it would have to do more with Matt than with you. Okay. I think he would have to be open and receptive to it. Well, that's going to be oh, tough. So if if I if something happens to me, John, I need you to reach out to Matt and <laughs> and guide him. <laughs> He'll you be know, like the Whoopi uh, Goldberg in those. I'll tell you the, the craziest thing that I've experienced over the past 30 years and just thousands upon thousands of cases and incidents is that people aren't haunted by like spouses or friends or loved ones, but they're haunted by their pets. And like, so like in my house right now, when I moved my parents and I told them like, you have to be prepared because my cat Charlie is here and my cat Charlie died a long time ago. And my parents were like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, there's a ghost cat in the house. And they laughed it off and just wrote me off as my weird self that I normally am. But like six months into it, my father was like, there's a fucking ghost cat in this house. I felt it jump on the bed. And so like, they understand now that there's a ghost cat in the house and people have ghost dogs and ghost birds. And and it just seems like the pets like hanging around. I think that's great. And I, I do, I'm sure that Margot, I mean, she's probably going to outlive us, but if she doesn't, she's definitely going to be haunting this house. Well, I hope she doesn't outlive you, Amanda. Well, I don't know. I don't know. There's something up with this cat. (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i just you know bottom line three's a crowd i mean i think with the way you played abigail no offense but it was you know a little on the nose i think if she were oh my god what a bitch (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think at the end of the day, three's a crowd for me, and uh, I don't think I'd go through with it. Yeah, I don't think I could handle it. I have specifically, this will also sound really crazy too, but like, you know, I go to over the past 30 years, like I've been locked in like prisons and insane asylums and places where people are murdered, like horrible places. And so over the years, I've built up what I call a force field over my house Mm. so that nothing can follow me home and like get into my space so that I can have a relaxed space. And I think I talked about this on web crawlers. There was one time when I wanted to do something in my house uh, live on the internet. And so I had to like remove this force field from part of my house so that anything I could talk to back and forth. I actually had to do it for web crawlers too. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I first attempted to do it years ago, um, the night that I did it, the foundation of my house cracked uh, all along the ceiling, the drywall popped and burst. And then my crawl space flooded with water. Like everything that has been trying to get in, like tried to get in when I pulled the force field down. And so like, it sounds really crazy, but I feel like, Stuff does try to contact us and get to us, especially if you're open to it. Like it it sees you as kind of like a beacon light. And so like, just be careful when you're playing around because something might like spot you and want to come visit. Yep. (laughs) Maria's like, get that. (laughs) And then you get somebody else's Abigail. (laughs) Yeah. We've all got our Abigails. You got to keep them out. Build that force field. Well, should we get to our little, our dear big one? Yes, yes, we should. Let me, I've got it right here. So this is where we get a letter from one of our listeners and help them with their moral dilemma. Okay. Hi, Maria and Amanda. Hope all is well. Longtime listener here. I wanted to write to y'all about a personal dilemma that I'm currently facing. I am 27 years old and currently work for a government agency that pays well and has great benefits like fully paid health insurance with barely any co-pays and a really cool retirement plan. I honestly don't really get the whole retirement thing, but everyone here always rants and raves about it uh, for my (laughs) partner and I. The office is really stressful and we're constantly being observed in order to deliver A-plus customer service and optimal productivity all while being mistreated by callers and called out on, quote, time theft by management. I fear that it may be affecting my mental health. I guess micromanagement will do that to you. Anyway, I'm part of, uh, I'm a part-time student working towards what I've always wanted to do, mortuary science. I've always wanted to be a mortician, but have always put it off. This year, I decided to go back to school and finally got that done. Here's my dilemma. About two weeks ago, I applied for a position that pays less than what I'm currently making right now, but is more in line with what my current aspirations are. Today, I received a call from the hiring manager, and he was very impressed with my resume and wanted to set up an interview. He said he realized that making a decision to interview for a position outside of the current agency I work for was a tough call and let me know that I could take a couple of days to decide whether or not I'd like to set up an interview. Side note, the hiring manager told me that the position was part-time, 27 to 30 hours a week, mostly weekends and evenings. He let me know what the position paid and what it entailed. I'm all for it, but I'd hate to put the financial burden on my other half. I spoke to my boyfriend about it and he said that he'd stand with whatever decision I take. What would y'all do? Would you give up the perks of working for a stable, well-paying job and continue dealing with a shitty workplace or do something you could potentially love, but doing so for less pay and a complete cut of no cost top tier health insurance. Something else to consider. The coronavirus was able to affect us to the point where we've been told that employees may be furloughed and retirement fund matching will be a complete freeze. Well, that pretty is that's pretty much everything to it. Hope to hear what y'all think. Keep up the great work. You girls are amazing. Thanks so much. Wow. I mean, I think I know what I think. I know what I think. I know what I think, too. Let's start with you, John. What do you think? Um, You go for the job, the less paying job, and you go toward your dream. I, I have, I mean, first of all, I don't even really, my job is talking to people about weird stuff. Like, I never thought that I would be able to turn that into a viable, livable thing. And I struggled for many years doing jobs that I hated so that I could get to this point where I 
just talk to people about weird stuff. And it was all completely worth it. The fact that I don't have to, I had so many jobs. I worked for GM and had terrible bosses who time management problems and would yell at me because I didn't park in the right parking space. And I think of all that stress that was for nothing, literally just nothing. It was people just flexing their imaginary positions. And I'm so happy that I took the risks to do what I love because it, it did, it worked out. And it doesn't always work out, but you have to try. Because if you don't, you know what's going to happen. You're going to come back as a ghost. Ooh, yes. Because you'll have, you know, you'll have missed something in your life that you really, you know, you'll have unfinished business. You got to follow that dream. I agree. Amanda? I agree 100%. I think you got to look big picture. Because um, taking this job is actually an investment in your future, um, whereas the other job, you might be kind of stuck. And then you might wind up there 10 years from now wishing you had started on your path that you really want to be on earlier. And you sound like you're lucky in a way where you have a partner who is supportive and willing to help you with the financial burden. Um, so I think like it's, it's not irresponsible for you to take a leap of faith and change course. You're so young, 27, I think they said. It's like, now is the time to do that kind of thing. Because, um, you know, I understand health coverage is like a huge draw. But if it's a couple of years where you guys have to, you know, pay out of pocket or something to like opt into whatever healthcare we're going to have, then I think it's worth it. And that stuff, like you were just saying, like 27, I think now like, so I had a really good well-paying job in my mid-20s and when I had the opportunity to do do something that I loved like I quit it immediately like there was no forethought about it or anything there was a little bit but I was like nope I'm gone I'll do something else I'll do this other fun job and then I got into another really well-paying job like 10 years later so now I'm you know I was in my late 30s and when the opportunity came to do what I love for a living like it was a lot harder like it was Like, oh, I'm almost 40. Uh, this job has benefits and pays really well and is probably long lasting. Uh, and, and I would just have to tough it out for like, I kept thinking I just have to tough it out for 20 years and then you could have a nice retirement package. I, and I was that. like, as soon as that cro- is literally as soon as that thought crossed my mind, I was like, no, I got to get out of here now. Yeah. Like I have 20 years, <laughs> like start thinking yeah. about that 20 years is like, the fun you could have had instead of slogging toward a hopeful future. Yeah. That's such a good point. It doesn't, it gets harder as you get older, doesn't get easier to change course. So yeah, now's the perfect time. Well, good luck to you listener and let us know, let us know what you decided. Cause I was a couple months back. So, Oh, wow. I know. Well, John, thank you so much for being on. This was so much fun. You were such a great guest. Well, thanks for having me. This is a dream. I've been, a, like I said, a long time Big Ones listener. And so all of a sudden, what? Like when I heard the, you guys doing the opening, I was like, oh, here we go. Dream come yeah. true. So see people, do what you need to do to live your <laughs> dreams. They do They do come true. Someday you can be on the Big Ones. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Quit your jobs. We offer no health care. <laughs> <laughs> so John where can people find you and uh, where you know just where what do you want what do you what do you want people to do when it comes to your life uh my website is weirdlectures.com <laughs> and then all of all of my social media is just John E.L. Tenney I tried to make it as easy as possible for people and I put out a book this year called Theoretical Weirdo which is just like a series of short um it just like so the name of the book is Theoretical Weirdo, a mishmash of ramblings. So it's just like 30 small chapters of me talking about things like, do ghosts wear underwear? Do animals have ghosts? Oh, uh, that's a good what would one. It, what would it mean if like aliens did land? Uh, there's like a whole, there's a, a little thing in there. There's even an experiment on how to um, record your dreams on video cassette. What? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, there's a process in there. Yep. I'll send you the book and you can try the experiment. Oh, please. And then perhaps watch. I mean, you have to have a VCR because it works on VHS tapes. But I, I have 
I have done it before and it's really weird to have a dream and then wake up and watch the videotape and you see a flash from your (gasps) dream on the videotape. That's so (laughs) cool. No way, John, no way. It's so strange. I'm just going to put on like a, a aluminum foil cap and then drag a wire into a VHS player. No, you're going to burn your face off. Don't put aluminum foil on your head either because it increases the amount of radiation that goes into your brain. Oh, oh it does exactly. It does exactly the opposite of what people have always oh, said it does. We've been, we've been taught wrong. And John, thanks for the fudge. John sent, John sent fudge over to Allie for web crawlers. Although I'll tell you what. I didn't get that first batch of fudge. Allie ate it all. This specifically sent with a note to share it, and she specifically said she would not. <laughs> what was the flavor of the fudge? I sent over, like, in Michigan, we have this thing called Sanders, which is, like, our, like, since the 1800s making fudge. And so they have, like, a holiday sampler pack of different types of fudges. So nice. Fudge is underrated. It's so good. Uh, also, uh, you know, just for listeners who are like interested in John and his work, there's a story you told John that's so I think about it like once a week. And it's about when you met yourself in the future, when you were at that concert. Do you oh, know what I'm talking about? When I met, when I met the time traveler. Oh, yeah. He met a time traveler. Yeah. I and love what that, was it that he... John doesn't remember. He's like, oh, yeah, so many things like that happen. Well, you said I met myself. You said, you said sorry, I met sorry. myself and I was like, oh, I don't think I've met myself, but I did meet the time traveler. <laughs> and what was it? Can you just tell it really quickly so that people know? Yeah. So there was a guy and he was in he had checked himself into a mental home and then sent me a letter saying he was a time traveler and we would be friends for a long time. And I was like, well, I, I do weird stuff and it's safe because he's in a hospital. So I'll go meet him. And I met him and he told me this huge story about how he's a time traveler in the future. And he, the way time travel works is your consciousness, you just move your consciousness backwards in time or forwards in time, but you're inside your own body. And he's like, so I can send my mind anytime that I've, since I've been born to any time that I die. And I was like, okay, this is a kind of crazy story and kind of cool, but whatever. And he's like, I'll meet you in the past and that way you'll know we'll be friends and i'm i'm like not making it up and i was like okay whatever like because i don't know how that works at all and so he told me that and i went out in the parking lot and i was driving i was driving to a gas station and as i was driving to the gas station i like slammed on the brakes because i am i got this flash memory from when i was like 17 years old and in a band and i was at this my band was playing this club in Western Michigan and I from nowhere recalled a memory of walking through the crowd and someone reaches through the crowd and grabs my arm and says, John, remember me. And then let's go of my arm. And I was like, and I remember his face and I was like, Holy shit. It was that guy that I just talked to. Like he somehow put a memory into my head that happened when I was 17 years old and so, like, I freaked out about it for a couple of days, and then I drove back to the insane asylum where he was at and the institution that he was at, and he had checked himself out, and he was gone. And I never saw him again. So 15 years goes by, and I do a podcast, and I'm telling all my craziest stories, and one of them is this story. And the night before I post the episode, I got an email from him and it said, I told you we'd be friends for a long time and you'd be talking about this for a long time. But I immediately emailed him. It bounced back. The email address didn't exist. And I didn't put the story up for like another year and a half because I was so freaked out by it. So I met a time traveler. Whoa. That's so wild. That's really I cool. Really creepy. That's really, it's really cool. Creepy. I've never sort of um, like that version of time travel is interesting. Well, you astral project or your mom does. No, that's what my mom says. She says she meditates and she flies through space, but she holds on to a little string. Yeah, her cord, the cord, the silver silver cord that connects you back to your body. I know. Yeah. My mom is like so practical. She's like just this attorney and she's just so sort of down to earth. But then every once in a while she'll be like, yes, yes. So I've been astral projecting. Where does she go? She just flies around space, space and time. I, I, uh, side note to that time traveler story, which... I don't, I don't want to put too much stock in it or whatever, but uh, if you go back, I recorded the episode of the podcast and released it eventually like five years ago or six years ago. So you can hear like that whole story on that's, that's on my, 
the podcast itself is called Realm of the Weird, and it's at realmoftheweird.com. Um, but if you listen to that episode, because I was reading from my notes to do those episodes, and he couldn't go past the year 2020. <gasps> Why? That's just one in my notes. It just said that he couldn't travel past. He couldn't see past 2020 oh, so when he would try to go forward. So maybe oh God. that's when he dies or something. He might. So I'm thinking that he like was telling me that he probably died of coronavirus. When I met him, he was like 70, I think. Well, that's wild. What an awesome. You've got awesome stories, John. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. You guys can email us at the big ones podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at the big ones pod on Twitter. Please join our Patreon. You get two bonus episodes a month. Two bonus episodes a month for as little as one dollar. And that was a mistake on our part. We should raise it. And Let's raise it to two dollars. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll see. I'll see if I'll get around to it. I don't know. It scares me when I don't know how to do something that I don't do it. So I think it should be easy enough. But you know what? Get there. I'm the worst person at Patreon. I have a Patreon too. And I literally don't do anything for my followers. It's the worst. I feel so terrible about it. And they're like, that's fine. It's more just, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to change it Wednesday morning at 12 p.m. Pacific time. So it's going to turn into $3 Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. So you better join now. Join now. You better join now. Or pony up. Well, guys, thank you. Have a wonderful... Welcome to the new year. It's 2021, baby. Here we go. You ready? And thanks so much for listening to... Not a Powered by ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.